everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. Call me hashtag Boss Lee, other people's mentor. And this is episode 329 of the show. This is actually me being interviewed by JT Fox. And I think there's a lot of takeaways that many of you are going to be like, ooh, that's my girl. Uh, and so I think you're going to love it if you do. And when you do, if you can do me a favor and screenshot this, put in your story, tag me at I'm Boss Lee, tag some friends as well. And make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review. I really appreciate it. I'm here in Hawaii and uh, my inboxes are a little bit crazy. And so if there's anything you really need, if you could just make sure to keep bumping your messages on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you so happen to DM me, I would really appreciate that. At 1,500 five-star reviews, and we're at 1,458, by the way, at 1,500 five-star reviews, there will be a $1,500 giveaway as long as we get it done by the end of this month. So let's make sure that we get that done. We still have plenty of time. We've still got multiple days left to get that done. So share with your friends. I hope you all love this episode of the show with this interview with JT Fox. Two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JT Fox show. And you are in for a treat. When I say firecracker, that's exactly what you're about to get. She is one of the top network marketers in the world. She's in crypto. She's in all these different businesses. She's the epitome of a serial entrepreneur, although everyone seems to be in a serial entrepreneur lately as well. And she takes no BS. And she has a very, how should I say, fun-loving, quirky personality. Um, and we are going to break down the keys to success here as well. Please, well, and she's got a cool name like JT Fox, Jesse Lee. JT Fox, Jesse Lee. It's <laughs> like we were both born with having cool names. Jesse Lee, welcome. How are you? Oh, hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag Boss Lee. And I love it. You call me by my real name. I have a real pet peeve about being called Jesse. So I'll call you JT, you call me Jesse Lee. It'll be great. So I'm I'm excited to be here. Thank you what for- What do you want to be called? Is that my call No, you're perfect. Jesse Lee is my name. Um, it's not Jesse, oh. so you nailed it. You crushed it, it was perfect. Well, you know, like it's hard, but Jesse's like, Jesse Lee. Like, <laughs> I know. Has that, like, Jesse Lee, what's your name? I, I know. See, well, it, it makes people listen. It makes people go, oh, people usually will then go, well, my name's JT Fox. I'm like, no, you have it all wrong. I didn't give you my last name. It's just my name. But yeah. So. yeah my, I don't have a first name. This is all one name. Yeah. JT Fox. Exactly. You know what I mean? I love it. Um, I even developed this clubhouse. I'm like, I'll be like, and this is my thoughts. This is JT. So like everyone's like saying like they're like ending differently because no one knows who's talking about. By the way, what's in the background? Who are all these people there? How come my picture's not there? What's all right? On? Okay, so I, I, I actually just moved my office back today, so I haven't even sat here in months. I had a Christmas tree here, and then you can't even really see what's going on. I've got like three clocks. I've got. Uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, time zone, Dallas and Los Angeles, just cause whatever. But these are, uh, some of our, these are all of our top leaders. You can't see all of them, but there's a whole wall of them. So these are the car earners. I'm very big on relationships and getting to know people and, uh, who they are outside of just, you know, a bunch of numbers. And so, um, that's that, yeah, that's our biggest leaders across the world. I like to look at them when I work. Where, where do you live? I am in Frisco, Texas. So 20 minutes North of Dallas. Got it. So, Frisco, I have all the places in the world. You live in Frisco, Texas? Like, all the places you can live. Like, you got all that big dough coming in, and you live in Frisco, Texas. Like, um, yeah, right. hello. That's exactly why I live here. No, I am from Maryland originally, um, and I came to Dallas probably nine years ago for the first time, and I think part of it was the whole taboo thing. Like, my mother is, like, the most liberal 
like super liberal left-winged crazy person and she was like oh you texans are all bad people <laughs> like she was one of these people and i'm like oh god and i landed here and i got off the plane this is such a weird story but whatever you asked i get off the plane and the first person i see at the hotel literally pulls up in a giant jacked up truck he's like a proper freaking cowboy has the big belt buckle i'm like what is this? Like, is this what my mom said I should be scared of? Because I kind of like it. And everyone was friendly, uh, more than anything, super entrepreneurial. And then now that I've had a lot of success, um, you know, the taxes here are, are pretty beneficial for, for yeah, business owners. You save so. a lot of money on taxes, especially. So, so um, you're in network marketing, you do other things. So let's talk about network marketing. You're in the point zero 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 one income earning. Yeah. I don't know if I can tell people what you make, but let's just say it's a lot of money because you told me before. Sure. Like when you recruit, you actually tell people how much you make because when you tell people how much you make, it's kind of like a no brainer. It's like a closing thing. Like if someone told me that, I'd be like, like, wow, like that's really impressive. Or is it like, you don't do that? It's horrifying to people. Um, I told you because you asked and I know that you're very successful as well and whatever. Um, but no, my story was that I started because I needed $300 a month to pay rent. And if somebody had told me, oh, well, I'm making, even if they had said, oh, I'm making 20,000, I would have been like, yeah, see, that sounds like a scam. So I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't think I would have taken them seriously. And I think this, the, I think the network marketing profession in general, more people need to understand it's much more about the person who needs to make the tank of gas or pay the rent or put food on the table than it will ever be about the high flyers. So there's always going to be the 1% in any profession. There's always going to be people who are better than others. It's just, you know, it's just nature. Um, but so how much of know. it is like personally driven? Cause obviously you and I have a very similar personality, although I, I think you're a little bit more out there. You got purple hair. Is that purple hair strange in there? Yeah, yeah. they're purple. They're uh, they're extensions though. My hair is not dyed yeah, anymore. By the way, if, if you weren't who you were and you had purple hair like that, I'd be like, man, she's broke. She's crazy. She's not making money. You got purple hair. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I rarely see, I've never met anyone with purple hair and make that much money. You should be like, they, they, they come to me, JT, what's wrong? I'm not making money. I'm like, can I be honest? They're like, yeah, you have pink hair. She goes, what do you mean? Pink is pink hair. Yes, the pink is an entertainment. That's what she does. You are in sales, right? So, you know what I mean? So, but that's what happens when you have that, that money. You're like, yeah, you know, I can do whatever I want. I'm not no, I don't know. I, I know what might be my first million with a full head of blue hair. Honest to God. So... And, so, but I will you tell you, in all fairness to you, you, made, you were a smurf and you made it. Yeah, you I mean, in, you made, now you make me look bad because now every time I see somebody, I'm like, is that another Jesse Lee? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'll just go around there, like, do you know Jesse Lee? I'm like, no, then you're not going to make it. So that I'll preface that by that question now by asking that. But I, but in yeah. business, you have to admit though that when your people starting out and you got blue hair or pink hair. It's not impossible, but you're making your job a little bit more difficult because everybody judges the cover by the book or um, completely off base. I think network marketing is one of the only professions probably where you can get away with it in the sense of I couldn't go work for like 
I don't care what they say. Like, Grant Cardone is not going to hire me if I walk into his office. I'm like, I'm professional. Trust me. With, like, great... Like, I don't know. Like, it's... I, I don't think we're there yet in diversity in the... Uh-oh. Hold on. My camera just shut off. Um, in wow. the... I don't, it's okay. Allow it to cool. I know. Yeah, you're so hot. The I know. The camera said that. I have never seen that. Ever. Me like, either. I'm so hot, the camera is overheating. Oh like, my God. money you make, you cannot get a better camera. It's a really nice camera. I don't know what just saying, happened. You know what? It was like, this conversation is too hot to see. It must be that hair. Wow. Oh my gosh. That wow. just ruined the whole YouTube show. Everything's destroyed. We were talking about image and it goes, no, whoop, it shuts off. The irony. Uh, the irony is so not much, lost I on me. So much success, but I can't afford a camera that actually is like... I didn't even know this camera overheats. Or I didn't know it like, did. I mean, it's legit. It's a legit, like, you know, expensive DSLR, whatever. But whatever. Um, no, I think there's still stereotypes. I just think I've always allowed my my words to impress people first, to be totally honest. I've allowed my work ethic to show up. And in network marketing, it allowed me to attract people who were maybe a little bit more of the misfits or a little bit misunderstood or a little bit um, rough around the edges or a little bit... Um, you know, just not like anybody else. And this is now maybe the only part of me that doesn't seem like everybody else, the purple in the hair, but um, there's a lot about me that's not like anybody else. And so that actually ends up being kind of like my superpower, you know? So you're in an industry where 99% of people don't make it. I don't think it's a scam. Obviously the people say it's a scam and usually people that are just freaked out, you know, so... We know it's not there's some bad actors on there. Yeah. But why do you think 99.9% of the people don't make it? And, and it's, it, that's like almost in any industry. So it's not just your profession. But I would argue that only 3% of the people succeed, really succeed in business. So why do you think so many people fail? Is it a, a company product-wise issue? Is it a people issue? Uh, what is it? Um, okay, so first of all, uh, I don't think it's 99% of people who fail. But I also think we have to define what failure is or what success is. Because, yeah, the amount of people who make a million dollars, it's... Okay, to go back to Clubhouse for a minute the other day, I was in some room. I don't even know if I talked or not. I can't remember. But somebody was talking about, oh, is everyone on Clubhouse a millionaire? Because everyone on Clubhouse is talking about how they're a millionaire. I'm like, y'all are a bunch of liars. You are a bunch of liars. Like, just because you sold a million dollars of real estate while you sold one house. Like, congratulations. Get out of here. You're not a millionaire. Um, but I think, so I think it's going to depend on what the level of success is, you know, what success is for you. For some people, it really is a hundred dollars a month could be very successful for them because that could be supplemental income that puts again, food on the table, gas in the car, Christmas presents under the tree, you know, $1,200 a month for, or $1,200 a year that can save people's homes. So I just think, it, I think if we're looking at it from a a full-time income perspective again then it's like what's full-time um but there's only i mean well, how, how can people like try to do this i mean the idea is i, I get your point and yeah. it's a very good point but you know when people sit down in these hotel ballrooms when it used to exist yeah um the notion of it's it's being sold as people see as uh, this is going to be something i'm do full-time because usually they're pitched about how much money they can make it's not pitched as, hey, this is going to be an extra twelve hundred. It's an extra right. twelve thousand. And that uh, right, and then that is that's our industry's problem. That's the leaders who go get in, get rich quick. But that's the same as everything. Real estate agents do it all the time. Oh, you're going to flip a house, and it's just like the TV show. You're going to make a billion dollars flipping houses. Like, shut up. No, you're not. 
So I think the problem with business in general, not even just network marketing, business in general, the issue is that so many people, they make things seem way better than they actually are. Way better than they actually are because they inflate numbers, they inflate, like, if you're not willing to go, here's everything, then I don't, I mean, then I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I trust you, not you. But I think that to answer your question to begin with, why do not that many people succeed? It's pretty simple. Most people don't believe in themselves. Most people will not get on a call like this. They get too nervous. They're going to barf. You have a lot of confidence. You have like, you have very similar confidence as me, although I didn't have it when I first started uh, as well. And that may be, you know, you're very outspoken. You, you probably have like, are you married? No. No. Wow. So you can't give a relationship because they can't keep it. <laughs> a text. I'm leaving the call. No I'm kidding. Ah, <laughs> busted, busted. I know it because nobody, like, honestly, most men would be intimidated because number one, I don't think you're the type of person that likes to be told what to do. Number two, right? Am I doing, am I doing good? Right. So, and number three, um, wait, what was number two? I was making sound effects. I missed number two. I know because you're blushing because you know that I am being correct. What was number two? So number one, you said I don't like to be controlled or told what to do. What's number two? I don't like to be number two. Don't like to be controlled. Uh, number two, there's uh, you do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. So you have like you have your own independence. You have your own sphere. You don't need. You're not codependent. And some men have this, they say they don't want women to be, but sometimes the women revolves around the men, which is wrong. And so, but that's the notion that they think as men. And you're like, I do my own thing. You can do whatever you want. And sometimes because you're a rising success and you keep growing, that that levels intimidate. I mean, there's not too many men who can deal with a, success, a woman that is more successful. Though. Um, the only guy I know in the world that I have met was Stephen Graham, who's a very good friend of mine, over a significant other. He couldn't care for less. Yeah. He makes his own money. Like, you know, he couldn't care less. So, and also, too, you're kind of intimidating. So, you know, you, you probably are the person who likes to take control and men like to take control. Yeah, you know, what can I say? Thank you for this therapy session. Do I have to give you $100 or something no, now? Do you accept cash app? This, this is great TV. But here's the thing, too. Like, like the, the, the difference is, I think, you know, I, I think not holding back and just, I always believe, like, one side should do another side. Like, you should do your thing. That person should do your thing. And you meet at the top. I don't think it should be a competition. I don't think anybody should sacrifice anything because you don't live once. You live every single day and you die by one. And I find that too many people, both on the men and women, will sacrifice for something as an excuse why they haven't achieved their goals. And then they live the life of regret with woulda, shoulda, coulda, rather than going all out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm not, anybody listening to this, I'm not over here, like, desperate by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, no, I think if we're going to go down that rabbit hole, for sure, most men are very intimidated. Um, or they like it at first until they realize, no, like, this is a real thing. As in my, my, like, I'm really going to work this much every day. Um, there are going to be times that business is always a priority because it's timely in a lot of situations. Um, there's going to be situations where, yeah, like I've got to go to a dinner and date night's not going to happen or whatever it'll be. And then it ends up being this weird, like chipping away animosity thing where, ugh, ugh. ugh. But I love men. I'm not one of, like, I, I did a TikTok on this. Do you, you take public? Do you, do you tell your age publicly, or is it like one of those like don't ask the woman? Oh yeah, I'm 32. I'm 32. You're 32. You're making that much dough. Damn. Yeah. Damn. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Yeah. So I wasn't sure because based on how much money you were making, I didn't think it looked, but I didn't think. 
So, because that's a lot of money. It's not too many 32 year olds that make your kind of dough. So no. let's talk about the diversification. So you make all this money, you succeed. I can tell why you succeed. You're ambitious, you're driven. Uh, you know, you take care of your clients, you create a community, you empower them, you're there for them and by empowering community. So same thing I did. So let's talk about now the diversification. So you make a lot of money, you're good at what you are. Now it says, you know, I'm going to do something other things, right? Which by the way, is taking over this thing that's making me a lot of money now. What's the, what's the pivot into other things? Talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, I made my, so I made my first million at 26 and this was in my first network marketing company. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I've got these like $200,000 a month checks rolling in. Like what could possibly go wrong? And, uh, well, I got terminated. So out of nowhere, I'm terminated from my company. I'm in the middle of a lawsuit. I have to sue the company. Um, it was a disaster. My whole personal life basically fell apart. And luckily I've always, I, so I grew up in poverty. Huh? Did you win the lawsuit? I did. Yeah, I got paid. Settle or win? Well, it was a settle, but they paid me a lot of money. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, if you're going to pay me, that's a win. Like, I'm going to put that in the win column. So, um, but yeah, it was arbitration, whatever. So, I grew up in poverty. And so, because of that, I've always lived way below my means, which I'm so grateful for. Um, I think your life sets you up for a lot of success when you don't, and you don't realize it until you reflect on it, right? So, uh, I always was living way below my means. I was not doing what most people in business do, which is maybe they, they hit a grand slam and then they spend all of it. Like they buy, uh, like I was driving a Range Rover, you know, making 200 grand a month, consistently 200 grand a month. Right. Uh, I wasn't driving what I drive now as an example. I wasn't buying, I wasn't spending the 200 and you know, doing stupid stuff. So when I was terminated, it was a big wake up call because I was like, Whoa, okay. So now I have to start from zero again and build again. I had no other streams of income. And as soon as it happened, I went, oh, thank God this happened to me because I went immediately into that will never happen again. I went right into no matter what, a company will not own me like that ever again. And the only way that that's possible is if your life is not owned by a company. And if every stream of income is owned by literally one man or woman in a tower, not literally, but like, I did say literally, but you know, one person who can pull the plug or whatever at any point in time, then your whole lifestyle is dictated on one person, two people, however many owners are in your company or your, you know, your, your brokerage that you're working for, whatever it is. And so as soon as I was terminated, it was, all right, as soon as I start getting even more money, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm using this money to make money. And so I think the first thing I did was I got some real estate, uh, to have some, some rental properties. Um, after that, I, I don't even know what, what was the next thing I did. I have no freaking idea. I started investing in everything. It was like, Oh, you got an opportunity. I got money. Come on, let's go. Um, and then I just started, you know, not everything's been a win. Nothing ever is. I took a lot of base hits first. Um, just to kind of be safer. I still have some things that are base hits that, you know, make me a couple thousand dollars a month and who cares, you know, a lot of couple thousand dollars a month. We ends invest up... together, we make a lot of money. We invest right. together. Exactly. I don't, have I, don't like, so, I don't like losing. I, I don't, I have no intentions. To, I never lose. <laughs> Everything I touch turns to gold. But um, like I've never had a, there's never been any huge losses. I've had a couple, you know, I invested in a CBD company in Asia and like they took the money and ran. Like there's been a couple weird 
but it wasn't, you know, nothing debilitating. And when it comes to investing, I always say, and I'm sure you say the same thing, A, don't invest in things you don't understand. And B, uh, don't invest with, you know, just because you're a friend with somebody. And then C, don't spend money you can't afford to lose. So when people are, oh, there's going to be a good stock, there's a this or there's a that, and they put all their money in something and then something fluctuates or, you know, the, the, whatever, the investment you're expecting doesn't, doesn't do what you expect it to do, even though they promised you some massive return or like I have something right now going to IPO. It's got a quarter million dollars in it. It is now nine months late or something because of COVID and legality stuff and whatever. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, okay. You know, it didn't like whatever. And so it shouldn't affect your life. But anyway, that's why I started diversifying was I said, nobody's going to own me again. I realized in that moment how much that company owned me. And so I don't teach people to go buy. I mean, I've got all the nice stuff, but I'm like, don't go buy the stupid Gucci belt when you're making five grand a month. Stop buying the Louis Vuitton belts, shoes, wallets, purses, whatever, looking rich when you're making ten, twenty thousand dollars a month. I didn't, I didn't touch anything. I and I still, I look. I mean, I have a lot of really nice stuff, but I'm in network marketing. So sometimes when something looks like something, it's not. All I'm trying to say is I have an upline that I made $4 million last year and she buys me a lot of stuff that I don't pay for because she needs the tax write-offs on her $4 million I made her, right? So, you know, I just think there's different ways to skin a cat and I think sometimes people need to know, you know, be, be intelligent with your money, let your money work for you and uh, I think a lot of the times, you didn't ask, but I think some of the time, a lot of the time, I'm sort of running from my past in a way. I mean it in a very positive way. I mean it in a way of, I know what it's like to be broke. I know what it's like to feel really broken. I know what it's like to be picked last for the kickball team, whatever else, you know, soccer team, whatever sports team there was. And I wanted to be best in the world at something. And I just went all in and I committed to making sure that I took my business really seriously from day one. And here we are. We may be like twins. They're very similar. You look just like me. Oh my God. I know what happened. Except I, I was in Canada, not Maryland, but you know, I know you coming out from the the, the hood in Baltimore must have been very difficult for you. I'm from uh, the country up. in Maryland, honestly, but you know, same same. I know. So back to like, so a lot of people have been listening to stories on Clubhouse, and everybody loves telling their sad story. And now it's really interesting because your camera is now it's recording. We're gonna fix it. Don't worry. I look like we're on target practice. This is target practice. All right. I'm gonna show you what it looks like. No, it literally looks like a video game. Like, are we? No, this is worse, Preston. This is terrible. It's like it's trying to size you up. I've never had an interview like I've done a lot of interviews. Like this alone is fascinating. Like I don't know what kind of operation you are. But I don't know what's going on over there. First, it's too hot. Now it's like it follows you like everywhere, like AI, like facial recognition. Yeah, I'm a cyborg, okay? So I'm not even human. Yeah, exactly. So. Like, you know, so you're really a machine. That's how you've been able to make money. I see. That's how you've oh, been able to Oh, God. So, I just want now we're back. I mean, it's the most fascinating interview of my life. I mean, I this is, I mean. I, I mean, I'm glad I can make this ask, memorable for you. Every this time I good. ask a tough question, something happens. Um, so, I, I, so back to people. <laughs> You've met tons of people. You have tons of organizations. How do you know when you meet somebody that's not as successful as you, right? How do you know that they have it? Like, how do they know you think you know, like, you know what? They are going to be good in this business or any business, as a matter of fact, because I imagine if they're good with you in their business, they'd probably be good at anything else. It's just 
maybe it's a faster vehicle with you. What What is it about people that you know they got that? They're going to be good at this. Yeah, three things. If they are hungry, if they are coachable, and if they are teachable. So I can't, I can do anything. I don't care what your background is, what your color hair is, what your skin color is, what your gender is, what your political affiliations. I care nothing about it, but I do care about how hungry you are. I care about if you are going to show up because of an internal thing that I cannot teach. And so that's number one. The second thing I said is coachable. Like, this is nuts. The amount of people who join something, whether it's real estate or any kind of anything, it doesn't matter, any kind of business, who will not listen to somebody who has gone through the minefield is baffling to me. Like, if I'm the best network marketer in the world, which I am, humbly, right? I am, and I Although say- about a woman that makes more money than you, so you'd be right. second. Well, I, I mean, the men are nowhere near either, so like, let's just get it straight. I know, but you just said you're number one in the world, but you told me about right before, a woman that makes more money than you. Right, but you just because two. somebody makes more money than me, it could be compensation plan differences, it could be deal differences, it could be other things. But still make, but I am still, still the best in the world. But then you need to start cutting deals, right? Well, I don't like, I don't, no, no, no. I would rather make way more money than them outside of network marketing, which I do, because I don't want, but you would make that regardless. Yeah, I don't, it's a moral thing with me. It's a moral thing. I will not cut deals. I will not do deals. I will not, uh uh-uh, it's just not me, Uh -uh. uh-uh. But it's not, it's leverage. Yeah, but that's not. Because you're like an influencer. You're not just a. A person. Oh, big time. Influencer. Plus, you're protecting yourself on your downside. By getting inside, you're able to cut deals to make sure that they can't do the things that you don't want them to do. Right. I'm as I'm super inside. I'm not taking extra money because for me, I can't tell people the truth and look them in the eyes and say, you can make a million dollars a year in this compensation plan without any deals, without any special incentives, without anything extra. I can say that. Cause I've done that. I can say, I can coach you and I can teach you and I can train you and I can mentor you through this without any special anything. Cause I did it. So, so can you, if I start cutting extra deals, yeah, like I can, I can manipulate people. All salespeople can manipulate people, but for me, it will always be character versus reputation. For me, I don't care if you think I'm a B-I-T-C-H. I don't care if you think I'm rude. I don't care if you think I'm anything. I literally don't care what you think about me because I put my head on a pillow at night, every night, and I am so proud of the woman that I am. I am so proud of how I have built up. I am, I am so, I am dominant in business. Forget gender, forget whatever. I am a force. So it's, so, so you can cut, like people can cut their deals. They can do whatever. I don't know how you sleep like that. I've never had to do it, and I'm number one in the world. So, number two is coachable. How come you, how come you turned? Uh, how come you turned that that sad story into success? That I've been listening to a lot of stories, not just through Clubhouse, but it's been years where people like to be defined by the sad stories. I've always said that criers are not buyers, and I feel like some people want people to feel sorry for them because it either justifies their excuse or gives them a sense of importance that oh my God, they feel sorry for me. But what doesn't happen is, oh my God, this happened to you? Well, let's partner, right? It's all be like, oh, it's so sad, you know? Like, so uh, you, that victim mentality, I feel like there's an ongoing victim mentality mm. of 
you know, because I take a look at you. I, I, to be honest, I've never seen, to me, I, I actually have always seen women equal in, in any race. Like I've always just, because I've always just the same because I've met some very powerful women. I've met some very weak men. I've met some very powerful men. I've met very weak um, uh, women uh, in business. So to me, it's like kind of like the same, but I feel like people are trying to put labels on different people to justify certain things. And in some cases that's yes. But once you start putting labels on yourself or justification yourself, you're giving an excuse why you didn't make it. Right. And so you're saying, well, because of this, I'm not successful. Rather said, I became successful despite that. Am I on face here? Or, or? No, I agree with you. I think that the, you can choose to be a victim or you can choose to be a victor. Uh, my childhood is a disaster. Like, I would not wish my childhood on anybody. Anybody. Uh, it was bad. Like, I sent my dad to jail when I was nine years old. I was raised by my grandparents um, who were already in their 80s. Like, I have my whole leg is tattooed because it's a tribute tattoo for her. I've got her signature on my wrist. Like, that's my girl. Um, domestic violence. Like, you name it. Like, we didn't have enough food in the house. All of it. But I'm not a victim of that. I am absolutely a victor of that. And the thing, though, is... For me, I don't really mind the sob stories as long as they are willing to be, again, point two, coachable. Like, can you be coachable to take your story and not let it define you and let it be part of what actually turns you in to the person that you're supposed to be? So my story is nuts. My story is very powerful. I love telling my story because it gives people a lot of hope. But the hope is only there because I've overcome it. You can't give people hope if you're going to sit in it and wallow in it and cause, you know, try to bring people down into the gutter with you. And that's what a lot of people do is they're like, let me tell my story, hear my sob story. So you feel so bad for me. Like, okay, I hear you. Let's overcome it. You are strong. There is not a human on earth. I say this, I coach this. I don't know your belief system. I don't think anyone's broken. Okay. I think people like to play into it a lot. You are not broken. I, I scream this on the internet. I'm like, you are a little bent or maybe very bent. But you are not broken. So if you're choosing to be this victim all the time, the only person you're hurting is you. Is it uncomfortable to make change? Yes. Is it uncomfortable to get away from the crazy people of your past, your psycho husband, your whatever the situation is? Yes. But are you going to be a victim of your circumstances or are you going to put yourself around people who are going to get you out of that situation. And if you remain coachable and you remain around people who are stronger than you right now, you also will be somebody who overcomes the things that are currently in your present or your past that you are holding on to like a thousand pound weight, not allowing you to move. So what do you think is your greatest strength and your greatest weakness in business? My greatest strength in business is probably either tenacity or consistency. Um, I am the most consistent person I've ever met in my life. I go live about um, eight hours a day, every day. I've been live almost five years in a row now. Um, I am, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then I am just, I'm like a, I'm a shark. Like I am going after it. If I say I want it, it's mine. Like if I say I'm going to be number one, it's, you're done. Like, you, like. Go compete for second place. <laughs> There's just no room for you at the top. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I like to be a dominator. So I'm very, I'm, I'm super tenacious in everything I do. And yeah. the problems with other males. I don't have problems with men. Men love me. I'm cute. They're afraid of you. They love you, but they're afraid of you. Whatever. Which man wants to be dominated? How many men do you know want to be dominated? I don't want to be dominated. 
No, what are you talking about? I am not. No, excuse me. I am not dominant in relationships, JT. No, I am not. Excuse me. I I'm calling a foul play. I am not a dominant in a relationship. No, I am. So your business in a way transcend because it's all business. So that's the way you are. You can't help it. I mean, maybe for a couple times you'll be the soft sweetie stuff like that, but that's not who you are. You're a dominator. Yeah, but I'm very, I'm very soft in relationships. Honestly, there's a switch, but it is who you are. You're, but you can't. I'm a shark. I'm a shark. I'm, I'm, I want something. I'm gonna get it. And then you're like, I'm sweet. You can't play that. It doesn't work that way because that's what people say. Because you're more on work more times than you are there. So yeah, maybe you kick back and sit back. But you know, like I said, men are intimidated by it. I'm not, but I'm just saying a lot of men are. A lot of them are, but, um, now, Jesse Lee, now you are a dominator. Now you can't be a shark and be a woman. It just don't work. Now try to be like a unicorn. Everybody likes unicorns. (laughs) I don't know who you were trying to mimic there, but I'm not here for it, JT. Okay. I'm not here for it. By the way, you have purple hair. It does make sense that the unicorn, I think that is your unicorn because you make things magical. I am not a unicorn. It can't be a shark. I'm a shark. It can't Um, be two sharks. I'm pretty positive I'm a shark, but that's fine. You think you're more of a shark than me? Yeah, I do, actually. Really? Yeah. Do you have a shark tattoo? I have a shark tattoo. Where's your shark tattoo? Oh, oh, right. That's what I thought. So you go ahead and take your seat. Second place. Oh, that was a mic drop. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. No, no tattoos. No. <laughs> so many places I could go now. Like, <laughs> oh. like I've been silenced by a shark tattoo. Yeah. How did the interview go? I have a shark tattoo. I got eaten alive by a shark tattoo. I got gobbled up. You know? I am now an orca whale. I, yeah, that's cool. You know, <laughs> killer whales. Killer whales are dangerous whale. too. So. I'll just call you an orca. Next time I see you on the clubhouse, I'll introduce you as the orca. The orca, and you can be the shark, and we can be orca shark. Imagine that, that brand. They get a whole new product, a whole new business, orca shark. I hope this interview is going exactly how you anticipated it. This is great. This is good for me. I mean, did I expect you to show your tattoo in the middle of the interview? Hell no. Right? But that is must-see rated. That's why this is going to be, like, the highest rated of all time. You know what? Forget Pacino, Stallone, Schwarzenegger. Forget that. Julia Roberts, forget that. Yep. We got Shark. I mean, you know Julia I mean? who? So, Just kidding. So, uh, what's your greatest weakness? Uh, my heart. I'm a big mush ball. It's, my, it's a good strength, and but it's also a weakness. I, uh, I've allowed way too many times people really close to me who are of a lot more detriment than not. So it's part of success, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody, that's just, that's part of it. When they come up there, everybody wants to be a friend. And that's why a lot of successful people have very small circles for that very reason, because, and, and that's why I think a lot of successful people, they're very guarded because I think one, a lot of people don't realize the sacrifice it takes. You know what I mean? They no. see it on TV. They don't understand the sacrifice and there's always a trust element. And if, if you ever wonder why a lot of rich people hang out together, is because, or or even like why a bunch of actors and actresses get together, it's because they understand what the other person is going through. Now, mind you, a lot of them end up in divorces, um, but they understand what they're going through. Um, 
And so as a result, but I think, you know, competition is good in a relationship, but sometimes it's at the detriment of the, you know, of the betterment. So it's kind of like you got to let people do their own thing, um, their own independence. I believe everyone should have their own independence because that, that you don't live once. As I said, you live I actually like that when you through. said that. Yeah. So uh, in closing, uh, it's hard to top the shark that do. I mean, I just, I, that I don't know. I'm gonna screenshot that. <laughs> I don't know what that like. I'm waiting for something else to happen. I don't know what else. Can I happen mean, the well. camera so, might blow up. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. <laughs> so you're you're 32. Um, yes. Obviously, there's a long way to go. Yes. So what's next? Uh, what's next for you? I mean, you're already number one. So where to go from there? Unless you want to go to Mars with Elon. But you know, you're number one. And I'm number one at what I do. Mm-hmm. Did you ever wonder though that compared to Elon Musk, we haven't done anything? I like, know. Did, did you ever th- have you ever thought about that? Um, not to Elon Musk because I think he's a little bit strange. He's amazing, but he's a little bit strange. strange. But in general, yeah, he's he a weirdo. Like I love it. I think. Huh? You just pulled up a shark in the middle of that tattoo, and you got. I mean, I didn't say I wasn't weird. I'm just saying he's strange. Um, right, but he's but he's putting people to space and he's mm-hmm. cars and doing a lot. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm just saying, like you look at these people. I don't no, know. No, for who sure, you look up I agree. Like, look, yeah, right. It's like when he went to like earlier this year when he put people in space, and I was dealing with a client that morning, right? And like oh, you know, and I'm just like I was like trying to pick it up, and then I saw like on the news that Elon must put something in space. So I'm like that guy's putting people in space, and I'm trying to convince somebody that like has great potential to like just get off their butt. And so sometimes, which by the way is part of success, right? Of never being satisfied and, and always looking up. Because I mean, think if you become satisfied, you go down. But um, so, so at this point, what's left for you? I mean, what, what's the what's the next phase? Yeah, I mean, I'm nowhere near done. My goal for December 2021 is to make two million that month. So um, I want to have a 12 million dollar year in my network marketing company. Uh, but I want to get a lot more into real estate this year. That's one of my big things that I'm doing. I also just started investing in, uh, supercars, but like flipping them. So that's been really fun. I like cars in general, so that's been cool. But, um, I think I'll always be in competition with myself. So I'm always, I mean, I'm always open to opportunity. And I think that's really the the secret to success is that you can't be satisfied. And once you realize there's always something more out there, I think, now, I've never been around Elon, but I've spent a lot of time with a lot of billionaires. And for me, every time I'm around them, it's just a vision thing. It's just a vision thing. And I think there's a lot of people maybe even listening to this who, you know, they, they're so scared to make the money because they think it's going to change them. But I just want to encourage everybody that, I mean, I've, I'm friends with billionaires that literally they live on ranches here in Texas and they, you would never know <laughs> unless you knew them, unless you saw their net worth, you know, um, and it doesn't change you. It just makes you more powerful. So the money is going to either elevate, it's going to be, a, um, it's just going to be a microscope, right? It's going to make you either, or a magnifier, not a microscope, a magnifier. It's either going to make you a more powerful evil person or a more powerful good person. And then what you choose to do with the power and success is up to you. But every time I'm around them, I just think, oh my God, like I am, I think I'm doing well and I am playing so small, like so small. Like I remember the first time I moved into um, uh, like a luxury condo in 2012 and I was like, oh my God, I will never need anything bigger than this. <gasps> right. And then I moved into my first townhouse and I was like, oh my God, why would I ever need anything more than a townhouse? Like in 2013. Right. And then I got a house in Texas and I was like, whoa, why would I ever need more than 3,500 square feet? And then now I'm in, 
I live in a mansion, right? And I'm like, well, why would I ever need more than this? And then people on TikTok, huh? um, I, it's just 6,500. But um, but then I was, I'm on Instagram, right? It, but it's just me, right? I'm on Instagram and <laughs> my doggies, by the way. I'm on Instagram and I'm house hunting the other day and I'm saying, all right, minimum 8,000 square feet, needs this many garages. And people are like, why? I'm like, I just, I don't think you get it unless you're really around people who have vision. Like, I know I personally don't need more space, but do my dreams? Yeah. Do my goals? Yeah. If I want space where more people can mingle and I can do events in my house, then I need a bigger meeting area. Like, this is not going to cut it. I can fit 40 people in my living room right now. I can't fit 100. You know, like, I'm thinking all these things. That's just, you know, and even that, you know, like, like I said, the ranch, this is, that, that man's house is a $25,000 or 25,000 square foot house. I was like, do you own Texas? Like what is going on? Like that is ridiculous. Right. Um, and it's just, it, you just need to get around things and people that expand you. I tell people drive the dream car, even if it's way out of your budget and you can never get approved for it. You know, I tell people go, go on Zillow and type in the zip code of the neighborhood you've wanted to be in since you were, you know, young or whatever, or maybe just stepping into it. I tell people, you know, make the, Oh, I thought I almost like tore it. I was going to say, I tell people, hold on. What is going on? I, I can't even show you. I'm trying to show you. This dream board is stuck here, but it's stuck on the camera. Good Lord. What a disaster. This interview is really something special. All right. But anyway, I tell people, you know, make the dream board. Doesn't have to make sense, but whatever. Like it will someday. Is that a Tesla? That a Tesla? No, that's, that's my, well, it's my car now. That's a Lamborghini. Urus. Oh, is that the Lamborghini one? Yeah, I have it now. My mine's nicer. Mine's custom. You're like a baller. You're like a baller. Look at that. I'm not so like a baller. I am a baller, done? JT. How many, how many interviews have you done? How many interviews? Yeah. Um, a lot, like maybe 50 or 60, and then my podcast has 300. How would you, how would you compare it? How would you compare this interview? Is this the best interview? This is so fun. Like, I love this, actually. This has been very entertaining, I must say. No, it's been way more entertaining than a lot of them. A lot of them are very boring snooze fests, you know, just typical same 10 questions everyone asks. Tell, tell us what you do. So. Tell us what you do. Right. What makes you yeah. So, um, so and what do you think of me? By the way, did you think of me before? Because you didn't know me. Just well, now me. that I know you're a misogynistic pig. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. Yeah, no, I mean I'm I'm very interested to know more about you. Obviously, I've seen uh I've seen your bios and all that stuff, but I'm I'm excited to the, connect you seen more. the Hollywood stuff. You seen the Hollywood stuff? Well, I see all these numbers and I was on the, the call the other day when Grant Cardone said how much money you're leaving to your kids and I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, so you 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 heard you heard that, huh? So I heard it. So. I I'll talk to you off air about that. I'll talk to you off air about that. So okay. I don't know, but like that's on there. So yeah. I don't know what put in this but i'll tell you a funny story uh, about that afterwards so okay. well there you go jesse lee aka the shark <laughs> aka the dominator aka the terminator aka single there you have it but is there a website that people can find you oh you can go to www.sharksweek on discovery oh my god you know, and by the way, you know what? It, it, even if you're number two, you could still be number one. 
Uh, that'd be a new shirt I'm gonna be sending you. But is there a website where people can find you? Yeah, but the than, easiest uh, is honestly on it. Yeah, you can go to my website. It's just heyjessielee.com. But the easiest thing is I respond to every DM on Instagram. So you might as well just DM me on Instagram at I'm Boss Lee. Um, you can Facebook me. I, I'm all over social media, TikTok. You can email whatever. I'm everywhere. My phones don't leave. You know, I I don't say be right back on the internet anymore because I never leave. Well, there you have it. She has never left. The shark just continuously roams the water, always searching for its next prey. Oh, my God. This is the end of Shark Week. And we shall see you next time to see who is Jesse Lee's next prey. This, you know, you're making me sound very aggressive. Okay, very aggressive. I'm trying to do my closing. Okay, well, that closing was whack. Let's try again, JT. That was very good. That was very intense. Like, happy hunting. Happy hunting. Yes, because you're like a shark. You go eat some seals and stuff like that. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what they eat. You know what I mean? Seals, python. Maybe orcas. Just kidding. No, the orcas eat the sharks. That I made sure of. Uh, I, I googled that while you were talking to make sure because I didn't want you to like say that they sharks. So the orcas eat the shark. They're the strongest one. Oh my so god! So not because you're a woman, just because I'm an orca. I'm black and white, two Thank colors. You. So there you have it. The most interesting interview in the history of all interviews. But making money is fun. Success is fun. But behind every fun interview, <laughs> there's 20 hours and hours uh, hours of work behind it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being on. Oh my God, that's so...